Why, that can mean only one thing. And that is Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. All right, there you are. There I am. Here I am. <laughs> there you are. There you are. Yes. And uh, all is right with the world. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, today, again, we're walking on sunshine. Oh, Whoa. very nice. Very nice. And don't I feel good. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, it is a sunny day here. Well, a little little clouds once in a while, but uh, mm-hmm. basically a sunny day. All right. Yep. And do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, do we have a ride of the week? It is the 2021 Acura TLX all-wheel drive advanced version. Okay, now this is a luxury compact performance sedan. So it's got everything. It's compact, but it's packed with luxury and performance. Now, uh, somebody may look at this and say, well, it's just the Acura version of the Accord, but it's not. It's a it's a different car. The dimensions are slightly different, and it comes with, uh, you know, an all-new suspension. And if we, we get into the... Uh, the specs on it here, the it has a 272-horsepower, 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine. So right away, you've got enough pep there for performance driving, and that's hooked up to a 10-speed automatic transmission. And again, it does have all-wheel drive. So the EPA numbers come out on this vehicle that... Um, for the TLX, the EPA numbers are 21 miles per gallon city, 29 highway, and a combined number of 24 miles per gallon. And on the highway, I was getting up around 29 miles per gallon up and around there. So it, uh, even with the all-wheel drive, you're not getting terrible mileage. And uh, the parts content of this is 65% U.S. Canadian parts content, and it's built in the Marysville, Ohio plant. The engine and the transmission are made in the USA, and it, it comes loaded. Basically, there's not many options here. The list price is 48300 The only option is the striking platinum white paint, a very nice pearlescent paint for $500. And with destination and handling, it comes out to be $49,825. But I'm sure you can get a deal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, let's go through some of the uh, the features here. What, uh, what I liked is, uh, as a driving car, it tracks really well. You can almost take your hands off the wheel on a straight highway, and the car will keep going straight, like the... The good old days for the driving machine BMWs, you could take your hands off the wheel and it would keep going straight. So, which which to me is impressive. Not many new cars you get that on, and it's fairly quiet. The seats are really comfortable and they're incredibly adjustable. You got so many adjustments on them, and it all works with one control. You just cycle through the control and go up and down, whatever. You can adjust the front bolster on the seat in and out, the side bolsters to hold you in for tight turning, you can adjust that in and out, 
to cradle you more in the seed as well as a lumbar support. There's also a head-up display, which is easy to uh, adjust. There are two buttons on the dash. You move it up and down and turn on the bright up and down, and you don't have to go through an interface to find the, the controls on that, so you can adjust it when it goes from daytime to nighttime to uh, be more comfortable and less distracted. And we also have, what else do we have here? The uh, electric power steering, which saves gasoline. It has a, in the luxury end, it's got an audio system with 17 speakers. So you know your surround sound uh, in luxury there. Mm. The, it also has the surround camera system, which is nice, that takes all the cameras on the system and projects an image on the display that uh, gives you a bird's eye view around when you're backing up or even uh, when you activate the camera going forward. It's all LED lighting. And uh, what's interesting is if you remember back in the old days when we used to have cars with just an AM radio, you could reach over to the radio and adjust your station just by feeling which button you were on. You only oh, yes. had six buttons. <laughs> so it was more like a, uh, a muscle memory thing to uh, tune the radio. Now, the display system in the center of the panel of the, of the TLX, it's divided into a, a rectangular screen horizontal on the left and a the, the right-hand portions divide into little vertical section. And on the console, where you reach down with your hand, there's a proportional vertical uh, button that has raised edges so you can feel it very easily. And next to it is the rectangular button that's horizontal that's a little bit bigger, and it's got raised edges. And these are proportional to the size of the screen that you look at. So you don't have to look down at, at the touchpad. It's, again, it, it's reminiscent of that memory, uh, muscle memory using the buttons. Mm -hmm. You can adjust the, the screen proportionally to call up applications that when you, when you, you know, when you buy the car, you can customize the screen and have six applications or six or eight applications, uh, four across the top, four across the bottom, and where you touch on the pad, that's where you get the application. Hmm. So you don't have to look down. So it, uh, it, it's analogous to uh, a smartphone where you customize the screen. Right. But this, mm -hmm. but this way you can do it with touch so you don't take your eyes off the road. Yeah. So that, that's nice. kind of interesting. It's something if you... If you got the car, you customize it and learn it, and uh, off you go. Mm -hmm. And I was—I uh, only have the car for a week, so I don't really customize much. But if I would get stuck trying to find something, I would just call up the voice recognition function and go right to that, mm -hmm. which would help you customize the screen if you had the car. So that is the ride of the week for the week. All right. Sounds good. Now, uh, anything else automotive today? Oh, of course. <laughs> Actually, we got a few things. Yeah. And again, our good friends at iccars.com, iseecars.com, have done another one of their studies. And uh, 
we all know that do you buy a new car or a used car, okay? If you buy a new car, you get lots of new technology. If you buy a used car, maybe you get a deal because of the depreciation. So what they've been doing is looking at the value of fairly recent used cars versus new cars. And with the pandemic, the price of used cars has not gone down that much. It's, uh, you know, it's staying fairly high. So there are some cars which it might pay to buy a new car and get a long warranty rather than a used car that uh, could be a year or two old but hasn't depreciated much in value. And so what they found is that after one year, the average car uh, depreciates 17%. But uh, some cars, like the Tesla Model 3, hardly depreciates at all. And uh, let's see, I've got my notes here. That only depreciated uh, 2%, which was less than $900 or so. And then many pickup trucks haven't depreciated much because of uh, short supply and high uh, used car prices. Hmm. So it might pay to buy a new truck rather than a used pickup because, uh, again, you get a full warranty. And then luxury sedans are the cars that depreciate the most, that uh, the buyers of used cars uh, want the latest, and so they don't... uh, they don't tend to buy used cars. They want new cars so that the used car prices uh, drop because mm-hmm. they can afford that. Now, I don't know if you can make sense of what I just said. <laughs> I think pretty much. <laughs> yep. Okay. So that if you go to iccars.com, you can see this latest study. Okay. And let's see. What else automotive do we have? Well, do you okay. have a Musk Minute by any chance? Oh, you want to squeeze that in first? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we've uh, we got a Musk Minute. The uh, the latest Starship that blew up last week in the fog, uh, Elon says that was caused by a methane leak in one of the engines that caused a fire and what he called a hard start when they try to restart the engine. Basically, the thing blew up. So it seems like they're throwing more money at this problem, and uh, that was Starship 11. The next one to go will be Starship 15 because they've scrapped the, uh, let's see, 12, 13, and 14 because 15 incorporates a lot of changes. So we'll have to see how much uh, those changes work and if they've cured their problem or they just will uncover another one. So that's our Musk Minute for the week. Yeah, they say they're going through starships like some people go through shirts. (laughs) Anyway, I I go through shirts. My shirts are so old they're new again. They're in style. You know, they're just wearing out at the cuffs and uh, the collars and so on. Yeah, your shirts may last longer than a starship. I guess. (laughs) Okay. uh, Anything else you have for us today? Okay, yeah, you said we got some more automotive stuff. And this comes from the Technical University of Munich in Germany. Keep up with your German theme today. Ah, yes. Okay, you will listen. Achtung. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, uni- uh, Technical University of Munich has come up with a system of adaptive uh, learning 
that teaches self-driving cars how to uh, become more self-sufficient. In other words, uh, many of the self-driving car features today, if the system has a situation where it can't figure out what it's doing, it will shut down in the interest of safety or turn it over to the driver. Mm. And so what uh, their adaptive learning system does, it uh, it takes incidents where the system shut down then looks at patterns in terms of the dr- either driver input or patterns in sensor data, radar, or camera data and see what those patterns were prior to the shutdown. And this way the car can learn uh, when that same situation crops up what to do. And so uh, cars are getting smarter and smarter. Whether they'll be fully uh, self-driving soon, who knows. But uh, they're getting more and more uh, uh, driver-assistive friendly, as we should say. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if, uh, or it sounds like it's bordering on this, if the car senses some some issue and then you know, just automatically starts like slowing down and putting on like the emergency blinkers and pulling over to the side, you know? Right. That's, uh, it's one thing. It's not like in an airplane on autopilot. If you have a problem, you can't pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, anyway, yes, it's very interesting uh, developments there. Okay. Uh, what, what else do you have for us? Okay. Let's see. We've got, uh, let's see, from uh, University of Chicago. And the Army Research Lab, they're looking into uh, autonomously recharging drone swarms, swarms of drones. Like, uh, say you have, uh, nowadays you have soldiers going out in the field with, with drones and they deploy them. But basically the small drones only have a half hour life of, of battery, mm-hmm. battery life. And if you deploy several of these things, say, on a reconnaissance mission, they're all going to start coming back around the same time. Now, you can't have the soldiers carrying dozens of batteries trying to recharge these things and send them back out. And so what the uh, University of Chicago developers, along with the Army Research Lab, they're looking into developing, say, autonomous vehicles that would accompany the soldiers that would have charging systems on them where the the drones could come back and just hover over the vehicle and wirelessly recharge the batteries quickly mm. and go back out on their mission. This way it would uh, ease the load on the soldiers as well as uh, deploying the drones uh, more quickly and having them out longer. Mm. So that is uh, a system to recharge swarms of drones. Swarms of drones, okay. Mm. Very interesting. Okay, is that anything else for us? Yes, finally. All right. Okay. You might say this story smells, <laughs> but our uh, friends down the road here in Massachusetts at MIT have developed an odor sensor that's 200 times the sensitivity of a dog's nose. Okay. Now, we know dogs can be trained to find diseases, even COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But you have to train the dog to sense the molecules given off by, say, a a patient for a specific disease. But with this sensor that is 200 times as sensitive, 
you can program it with various uh, odors for different diseases to detect a, ho- a wide range of diseases, and they're looking to eventually incorporate this sensor into, say, a smartphone. And this way you could, it could be like a device that's always with you to detect if you're developing symptoms of various diseases. Hmm. And what's also interesting, it could be used, say, to, uh, as a safety device if there's a gas leak or some uh, harmful material in the air that uh, could give you a warning. And so that, uh, because the computing power in a cell phone is getting to be enough that uh, such a sensor as this could be incorporated into the phone. All right. Pretty so amazing. pretty soon our cell phones won't always be listening to us. They'll be smelling us. <laughs> okay. Give us a few more things to worry about. <laughs> what? I know. Let me see what disease I have today. I Remember, Alexa is listening. Yeah. And smelling. Okay, well. Okay, so is that a wrap for today? That's a wrap. Glad we could get together. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we could get together, and uh, I guess you can go out walking on sunshine. Whoa. All right, so uh, Cousin Rick there called in with uh, Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream. And I am Marty Newt, your host, guide, and fellow traveler, as we explore the Newtopian Dream.